Ian Kirkpatrick, Poverty Bay farmer, incumbent All Black captain 50 years ago today, uh, and a great mate of Dick Taylor's. Uh, Kirky, great, always great to have you on the show. You're my favourite All Black, because my other two favourites are dead, uh, so you've got the job. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know why I came out no. with that. And he always says that, I don't know. Yeah, you, well, you're... it's been a bit of a kiss of death. But anyhow, we're going to talk about one of my other favourites a wee bit later, Sir Pine Tree Meads. We've got his brother Stan lined up. But back in 1974, you were a farmer, you were an all, uh, incumbent all-black captain. Where did you watch the race? Oh, I watched it at home in, uh, in black and white, actually, Jamie. And, uh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a memory, what a race. Yeah, and uh, Paul, uh, just coming in here on the advent of colour TV in Riversdale, where I was hoeing up spuds, talking about um, earthing up spuds, talking about Dick being a spud grower, we came in from afternoon for afternoon tea and watched the race. But we had a new colour TV, one of the first ones in Riversdale, and actually colour TV and live telecasts, and people of a younger generation might be surprised by this, with new technology. Yeah, absolutely. The old K9, do you remember those? The mm. K9 colour televisions were sort of taking the country by storm. And the Dick's Race was the first live sporting event to be covered in colour in New Zealand. So I think all of those things together, un, un, an unknown, you know, not favourite opening day, colour TV, you know, coming from behind, all of that added to the drama of the occasion. And that's probably why he jumped in the air so much at the end, was it, Dick? I think it was too, because I did hear someone yell out, "The bar's open." Um, <laughs> I thought he'd be lying to go and have a drink. But it's uh, um, one of those things. That, um, but the incredible thing about it, you know, it was thirty-five thousand people that day. But I've met one hundred and fifty thousand people who were there that day. So it must have been a bloody big stadium. Well, neither uh, Paul or I were there that day. We remember what we were doing. But Ian Kirkpatrick, Paul, also has some firsts when it comes to live telecast because the first live telecast event ever was the third test against... You, am I right here? Yeah. Third test against the Aussies? Aussies Awful Aussies in yeah. 72. Yeah. Kirky would have been a part of that. And yeah. What was the first overseas test? First Paul? overseas test was against Wales, the Keith Murdoch try. Remember that one, Kirky, in 72? It was, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. That was the first time they... Um, from any tour to the UK, it was um, broadcast live. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so um, Kirky, <coughs> when did you meet? Get to meet Dick Taylor. Yeah, as Dick mentioned before, I met him in Blenheim probably the first time in nineteen seventy. I'm sorry, it was the winter of nineteen seventy four after his great race. Um, he was living up there, and I don't know how long he lasted up there before they sort of had to come to leave. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, no, what a guy. You know what I mean? Just to go back, um, and I know Dick's uh, probably still there, but he told me that the night before the race, he was having a meeting with, or just a yarn with um, Arthur Lydia, and they had a and they had a beer. And he's probably, Dick will probably race in and probably say we had two. But anyway... <laughs> Well, that, that's but, an interesting um, story, Kirky, because, yes, Arthur Lydiard and Dick Taylor sat down, was it at the Bush Inn, and had a couple of jugs the night before the race. That would not that would be frowned upon these days, Dick. Oh, very much so. Um, and the wonderful thing was, too, we just sat in the, in the Bush Inn and there was quite a few people around because a bit of a buzz because the games had just opened in Christchurch, so people excited about that. But Lydiard and I just sitting quietly in the corner and no one come and bothers us. And we just discussed what happened. So that's the nice thing about it, that Lydia took me along there, away from the village, away from, 
you know, uh, too many uh, sport enthusiasts, even though a lot of people love sport at the Bush and Hotel, um, and we discussed what was going to happen next day. Quite uncanny, quite uncanny. Is it also true that the morning before the race, you and Arthur Lydia jogged around the village and you jogged for like 10Ks or something, or some horrendously long amount of, was it 10Ks? Yeah, probably about 8Ks. Well, um, just 8, yeah. I mean, that's a long way to run before you've got to run 10Ks yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah, we, did. we just had, we always had a morning jog um, before we had the honey and toast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, that was nice too, just Arthur and I running around um, and no one bothering us as well, you know, so... Well, that was quite special too, particularly always having a chance to run with Arthur. Uh, and of course, we didn't. He wasn't, I wasn't allowed to talk about the race on the day of, so I hammered hell out of him on talking about Helberg and Snell, uh, particularly Rome, because in Rome, Liddy wasn't allowed into the stadium um, to see Snell or Helberg's races. So Liddy gave me insight that what it was like preparing those guys for a big day. So. It was quite exciting, and I forgetting about what I had to do, but talking about what happened back in 1960, very special. You talk about having a few drinks the night before and having your cup of tea in the morning. It's really interesting how things have changed so much over the years, and even, Kirky, I think you'll agree with this as well. Before a match, you were told to dry out. You weren't supposed to drink anything. <laughs> um, can you remember those days, Kirky? What was, your, what was the pre-match advice that you were given around fluids? Well... No, we we could you know we could drink you know before the game probably at lunchtime or whatever we had that sort of brunch time around about eleven o'clock for a two thirty game but 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 strangely enough and sort of in, in a barbaric way we weren't allowed to have any water at half time even they oh, said oh, you know you're, you're going to get an upset stomach you'll be in all sorts of strife if you have uh, have water at half time well I used to have a few golfs I tell you but. You know, over in South Africa in particular in Durban and, you know, up in the high valley there when it's got hot in the afternoons, we, you know, we weren't allowed to have water. I mean, it was pretty crazy, really. And lucky we didn't die of dehydration. Well, you got an orange at half time. What are you whinging about? A quarter no, of an no, orange, no, you, Kirky? No, if you're lucky, you got, got half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meats didn't get in first. All right, hey, listen, we've got to take a break. Ian Kirkpatrick, always good to catch up with you on the country. And I know you've got a special message, message for Dick at a celebration dinner tonight.